backdrop. Bam, we're live. Thank you. Yeah. Got a little book tapestry for my birthday. I like it a lot. Oh, that's what it is? That's a tapestry? Yeah. See, it looks, looks pretty snazzy. Yeah. I'm oh, it's happy. awesome. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was some green screen thing uh, that your computer offered up when you were zooming. <laughs> Jordan, you're all ready to go to practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Today, one of my long days, I went to a bachelor party this weekend, so I missed one hard workout. So I'm getting four in today. So I start early. Uh, did you do, do you drink at the bachelor party? No, I, I was, I was the dad. I was making sure everyone was safe and well, not responsible, but you know, like safe enough. And yeah. So I just played dad this weekend. You'll train four times today. Yeah. Um, what's that? Jiu-jitsu, regular practice, another session of jiu-jitsu. Wow. Tell me that one more time. Cause you broke up in the beginning. Oh yeah. I have a mitt session for an hour. Then I have jiu-jitsu and then there's wrestling wall work and then some more jiu-jitsu at the end of the day. So yeah, four sessions, nice, like six hour day. So, and then there won't be any, um, there's no, uh, I guess, non-functional training meaning like you won't just there won't be any like you don't you don't throw any crossfit in there if you're training it's it's somehow involved in the martial arts yeah for the most part i do two strength and conditioning sessions a week and then i do my, my mobility work but besides that nothing really non-functional or not fight specific gotcha um what is the date of this fight i fight july 23rd uh, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, Jordan's been on the show several times. Uh, I don't know. It's been probably more than a year now. He had an incredible viral knockout, and he um, is one of the I – I don't know if you'd call him young, but uh, anyone young, by the time they make it to the UFC, it seems like everyone's pretty seasoned. Uh, but he fights in the most difficult – the most difficult group of fucking warriors on the planet in the ultimate fighting championships in the UFC. You guys all know that I'm a crazy nut fan of that. And he's fighting a guy named Patty, the baddie who they've been sort of hyping along with Ian Gary is kind of the new, you know, they're trying to pack them almost like Conor McGregor. I don't know if they're doing that. Maybe it's just between my ears. And, uh, what, a, what, a, how does that, um, aren't they afraid for him? Why would they put him with you? Um, I think it's quite a gamble as well. Like stylistically speaking, um, we're both like primarily grapplers uh -huh. and I'm a, I'm pretty he sure. Is? Well, I, I've only seen three of his fights. I, I didn't think of him as a grappler. I kind of see him as kind of like a reckless puncher. Yeah. It's because his debut, he couldn't get the guy down. That was his first knockout. So he's never had a real knockout until his UFC debut. And then he kind of do his plan a, and then he kind of, hit the guy as they were exiting the clinch. But yeah, that was his first knockout knockout. So wow. yeah. Okay. We'll have one little knockout. Wow. Oh, so you must be excited. Yes. I'm very excited. I'm excited for everything except for all the extra flash, like all the extra interviews and the extra media attentions. It's sometimes a little tedious, but I'm very happy for the fight. Like everything Everything else makes me more nervous than the actual fight. I think this fight is less dangerous than a lot of the other fights that will be offered me at this point. So 
I think as long as he doesn't get lucky, it should be a very winnable fight, and I like my odds. Yeah, I wouldn't think anyone would want to be on the ground with you. Yeah, I don't, I, especially because there's some fighters who are like, okay, I'll survive on the ground, but none of them really like to engage me too much in the ground fighting. But they're kind of putting me against a guy who's only one when he can implement like a, a grappling strategy. So I definitely think this fight's going to be very awkward. And I think whoever has cleaner striking is going to win. And I think, I think that's me. I think I'm that guy on that, on that night. So I think, pretty that, I think you're that guy too. Hey, when you get a fight like this, what kind of energy does it bring to the gym? Like, do you feel it in the gym? Oh yeah. I'm getting a lot of, you know, pats in the back and good lucks from people who have never told me good luck before. Um, <laughs> I was teaching Sunday school at my church and some of my, my kids don't watch five. One of them's like, you're fighting that Patty Pimlet guy. I know him. I saw it on TikTok and this, this, and this. So definitely a lot more attention from people who generally don't, you know, care too much about the whole fight thing. But yeah, everyone at the gym is very excited. I'm getting a little bit more attention from coaches and everything. So that's always helpful. A little bit more um, work with me. But yeah, a lot. To, this fight is where a lot of energy, I think, in life to syndicate. We haven't had like a big fight in a long, in a long, in a long time. Um, at any point, does someone talk to you or do you talk to yourself and you're like, okay, I might not enjoy doing the interviews. I might not enjoy the added attention. I really just want to go out there and, you know, and fight. Um, but since it is happening, I'm going to kind of flip the script on that and I am going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's kind of like make the best of it. Like, I'm just trying I'm a lot more interviews. I'm just trying to cut loose. Yeah. And one thing I never really experienced until this fight is like every time I have an interview, I get like dozens or hundreds of tags on Instagram. Jordan said this about the patty fight. Uh -huh. And that's kind of weird. Like I say, like, I'm joking, there's a riot when I twerk on him and I'm tagged like over a hundred times from other Instagram MMA pages. And everyone's commented on it. It's on Twitter. And I'm like, dude, it was like, it was kind of lighthearted as a joke. But yeah. now it's like, you know, a simple fighter freedom. Now I have to twerk on him because everyone's like desires it. And it's a bit strange. It's a bit strange. But it's 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 kind of fun to like see the reactions. Yeah. Um it it is a um I I, I this is he's never fought anyone, I don't think, who as many people know as you either. Um, this must be pretty trippy for him. Uh, I know he, I, I, I suspect that he fancies himself to be the weirdo. And uh, he, and, and you've definitely matched him in that sort of that eccentric category. I wonder if he's kind of freaked out by that. You know, we kind of saw that with um, uh, Glover and, um, and Yuri, right? Yuri is quite the eccentric, <laughs> right? The way yeah. he moves. And, and even when he's getting beat up, he's like patting Glover on the back, like, did you see those things, those weird gestures and things he does during the fight? Yeah. Yuri's a weird one. Yeah. You know, us weirdos are definitely going to be represented in the next, in the future of the sport. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I just, I, I would, I would love to know what's going on in his head. He must be, he must be tripping. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever feel, um, I, I, I don't mean to bring the energy down. Um, so I'll try to keep it in a positive way. Do you ever real, feel, realize or feel like you're all alone? Like, oh, well, this, is, this is all on me. No one else cares. If I fail, it's me. If I win, it's me. It's like, fuck. 
yeah, I only really feel like I'm alone when I'm not successful. Because when you win, everyone wants to take their little their little piece of credit. They, everyone likes to be involved when you're a winner. Right. But when right. you lose, everyone's like, ah, oh, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. So for, for the most part, since I usually win, I haven't felt alone in this sport so far. But this one, I'm definitely feeling overcrowded. Like I might, I sometimes my sometimes during this camp, I, I think I would have preferred to feel more alone, a little yeah. bit more by my lonesome. But yeah, it's kind of weird uh, when not a lot of people around you kind of understand. Like, oh yeah, you must be so excited about the big fight. You'll be famous if this happened. This is like a career changing moment. How do you feel about it? And I was like, I kind of take every fight seriously. Right. So right. for me, it's like it's just a fight. All the extra flash. You know, that's not real. All the pressure that comes from that is like from inside my own head. So for me, it's like every fight is the most important fight of my life because. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to win this. You don't want to lose this one any more than you wanted to lose the last one. Yeah. like (laughs) They're all equal. Yeah. The only bad thing is it's on a bigger stage, but rather lose when, you know, a few million people are watching than lose when there's 10,000 people watching. You know, so for me, it's it's all the same. I get the same love and the same hate for a win, and I get paid the same. And for me, since every, the most important time is now, every fight's the most important fight. There's a you don't have a plan B, do you? Um, I mean, not like a hard plan B. I could. I have nine credits left for my degree. I could go to law school, but political science is kind of a useless degree, so. No, not really. I don't have like an immediate plan B, but I think like three, four years, I could total, I could be stable in some other aspect. But besides being like a personal trainer coach, not really a plan B for the time being. Um, you, when you missed um, your training to go to that bachelor party, were you hating on yourself? Were you able to enjoy the bachelor party or were you pretty hard on yourself? I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself. My last camp, I dislocated my ankle. And I had strep throat and I missed two days and I was like on myself and that, and I had been in camp for almost seven months straight. Like, I think sometimes I actually need to like tone it down a little bit because, you know, you shouldn't be in camp for the better part of a year. So I definitely beat myself up. I'm always afraid. Like if I lose, it's because I don't think it's because of one missed workout. I think it's because of the attitude that makes you miss workouts. So I feel like a lot of fighters get obsessed with like every individual session, but there's been so many times during camp or during my training day where I'm like, today was kind of a waste of time. Like you drill something that's stupid, or maybe you kind of got injured and the rest of the workouts are kind of crap. Maybe you just weren't feeling well, didn't hit any PRs. So I had a lot of training days where it didn't really feel like I progressed. And that's how I kind of rationalize it. Like, it's okay. I didn't work out on Saturday, but went for a nice strenuous hike. I did a lot of film study, and that helps. I definitely get, I definitely improve whenever I do film study. So I kind of just had to rationalize it that way. Uh, David, thanks for the loot, dude. Very kind of you. Um, he David's asking, what's your favorite submission? Ooh, oh, that's so hard for me. I think my favorite submission to train is definitely like a guillotine anaconda, like. Either one of those are probably probably my favorite submission. I love those submissions. I will give a position for those submissions. But I think the coolest submission to get for me 
is just like a invert, like inverted triangle. I won one of my UFC fights by that. It's kind of like a gimmicky move that only happens like in two circumstances. So when I can force that to happen, the inverted triangle. But generally, Anaconda Guillotine, I think it's like the queen, the queen of chokes. It's very, no one feels, you know, you feel very powerful when you just like have someone's head in your armpit and you're squeezing and like you're flexing your bicep and your shoulder. That feels pretty empowering. So definitely Anaconda Guillotine. And when it's sunk in deep. Mm-hmm. And you just feel, you can like feel the veins, like a little chant, like a hose. When the water goes through, you kind of feel it cut off. And sometimes that sweet little gurgle, like those are pretty cool. Things oh, my God. The plant, I, I, I was in my garden yesterday pulling weeds and picking up dog poop. And I realized that I have no plan B. And by that, I mean, I'm, I'm going to circle back to that. Let me ask you one more question. This gets a bit of a loaded question. Do, do, your, do your coaches or your training partners ever miss days? So you're in it. You, yeah. you're, they do. Yeah. All the time. And, and does that piss you off? Do you resent that? Are you like, what the fuck? This is me. Yeah. I'm fucking going to fight fucking in fucking London with, I'm giving my life. Are you on my fucking team or not? You ever feel that way? Yeah. I feel like that way a lot. I feel <laughs> Good. Like, I felt like that this morning. Yeah. I feel like a lot of fighters. And a because lot of they people, have a plan B. They have other fighters. They have a plan B. I don't have a fucking plan B. You don't have a plan B. Yeah. Sorry and to it's keep just, interrupting. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's like a lot of fighters, even when they do this, like for their job, they definitely still treat it as a hobby. Uh-huh. And for me, even when I first started, like even when I was working at a job and I was going to school, I never missed a day of training. I would figure it out because yeah, I, yeah, I figured it out. Yeah. So I'm like, it's my job. I love this. I'm happy to go to training almost every day. I'd yeah. be pretty messed up not to enjoy training. Yeah. And when other fighters, they tell me, they're like, oh, it's my life, man. Nobody wants this more than me. I'm like, dude, maybe nobody wants it more than you the two days a week you come. But like, consistency like i love this sport i love doing love going to practice i love learning i like the bad parts i love the good parts and i just feel like so many people i bump into especially even in the ufc they just don't take it that seriously they're like oh i can't improve i don't i can't do that this and that or i just don't have the time to improve myself in these areas and i'm like then make time no one trains for nine nine ten hours a day like a normal job. Like when I was working banquets, going to school, I had like maybe three hours to train and I trained during those three hours. I yeah. feel like a lot of fighters, they don't understand how much potential they have to improve and how much they can gain from the sport. They just put their, put their all into it. But on the flip side, you put your all into anything and then you fail. It's all on you. Right. So a lot of fighters feel like kind of handicapped themselves by only putting in like a marginal amount of effort into it. So that way they can't blame themselves. It's not, they're not the problem. Oh, I didn't have time for my strength and conditioning. I didn't have the coaching I wanted. I didn't have enough long enough camp. I was too fat. And I'm like, I try to figure out all the variables. Give yourself no excuses. I, I, but I specifically mean the people who are on your team who, like, if, like, so, so let's say I was your coach. Mm-hmm. I would want to take credit for every single fucking person you beat. And the only way I could do that is if I showed up to every single fucking camp. 
every single fucking day. And the days you didn't show up, I would come over to your house and bang on your front door. My commitment, I would feel competitive with you to make sure that I was always there for you. I would fucking surprise you and call you at 1030 at night and be like, Jordan, I'm at your front door. Let's go for a run. You know what I mean? How, how, how is anyone doing anything half-ass? And I'm not saying they are in your camp. I'm having some of my own internal issues. I'm projecting them onto you. I apologize. How, 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 does, anyone, how does anyone want to be a part of the Jordan Levitt camp? Did I pronounce your last name right? Oh, Levitt, but it's close enough. Levitt. Jordan Levitt camp. When he's fighting Patty Pimblett in the O2 fucking arena in London in 2022 and not be there every single fucking day for you. I don't get it. I, I, here's, here's what happened. Here's what happened. I, um, the CrossFit semifinals just happened the last three weekends. It's basically these three day of things that happen Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it happens over the last three weeks. And then the winners from those events get to go to the CrossFit games in August. And I did these shows and it was a lot of shows. It was like 10 to 15 shows a weekend. It was fucking nuts. And I do it on this podcast just like this. And, um, uh, after these three weeks, I'm looking at one guy. So I had a bunch of different people help me with the show, which is awesome. And I love them. But there was one guy who did every single fucking show with me. And last night when we were all done, I'm sitting there staring at him. His name's Andrew Hiller. And I go, holy fuck, you have no plan B. He goes, no. I go, you want to fucking win YouTube? He goes, uh-huh. And you just, you, I just realized that, uh, not, not to take a, a dig at um, um, uh, people like um, David Goggins or Jocko Willick or any of these people or Jordan Peterson or any of these people who talk about fucking leadership or motivation, but the greatest thing that can happen to you if you want something is not to have a plan B. And the second greatest thing is to find someone else to work with you who doesn't have a plan B or to find a wife who, or a husband who will support you while you don't have a plan B. Because if you don't have plan B, you're just in. You're like a Labrador chasing a tennis ball. There's no, you, there's no, there's, that's it. And I was just wondering that this morning. I was like, fuck, if you're a fighter, it, it's all on the line. Yeah. If you can't fall forward, you have to fall on your face. I mean, if you can't fall back, you have to find fall on your face. A lot of people, especially like my family, very professional. They're like, well, you need to have a fallback. And I'm like, no, like, this isn't something where you put some of your energy backwards as you try to move forward. Like, I'm either going to succeed on the, succeed at this or I'm going to fall on my face. But I'd rather fall forward. You know, like I'm not, I don't plan on falling back on anything because I feel like the moment you kind of doubt yourself, you're kind of putting that out into like the world. Like, if you if you imagine doubts, you plan for doubts and plan for failures and stuff. You're going to fail more often than more often than you think. Yeah. Um. How do, how do you think um you, you're the best um Jordan that you've ever been right now? Yeah, I think every week I'm always learning things. I think I improve every week, and I definitely feel like even I improve even little things every week. Like my amount of discipline's gotten better, and I think it's because I have a little bit more self belief. Every fight, the more experience I get, the more confident I'm feeling in my abilities. And yeah, I think right now I'm the best warden I've ever been. Um, did you watch the fights this past weekend? I've I haven't watched, I haven't caught up all of them, but I've seen the pay per view um, part. Okay, and when 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 there's two guys in there like um, Yuri and um, Glover, 
Um, do you have a plan? Do you have a speech ready to give yourself if it goes to, to the super deep end like that? Ooh, no, I've always like, I get like a, it's almost like a spiritual experience when I watch fights where you see like the battle of wills. Like you could tell, like there's very few fights where like these, both these people are giving it their all. They, and they were disciplined. They did everything in the, in like the pre-fight and like, for this 25 minutes, for this 15 minutes, like they're putting their entire being into it. And that was one of those rare fights where I was like, it was like a spiritual inspiring thing. And, you know, I'm not sure if you could prepare yourself beforehand. I think, I think the right, I'll tell myself the right words when someone, when I find the right dance partner. And I just haven't really been pushed too much in my fight career. I've never been in that position. Like, even when I lost, like, I didn't really encounter too much adversity. So I feel like whenever I do encounter adversity, I definitely feel like it brings out the best in me. And I'm really excited to find, to hopefully get a fight where it kind of, like, wakes the dog in me. I definitely, I dream of having at least one fight like that, where I kind of get to see what's inside. I like the way you said that, wakes the dog in you. Can that happen? Does that ever happen in training, or do you ever... Um, do, do you ever go to a place in training where you, you, you hear yourself start giving yourself a pep talk? Yeah, it happens a lot. Like, especially now that I'm like UFC fighter, Jordan Levitt, there are a lot of people that come into training. They definitely kind of want to like make things a little bit more competitive or a little bit more heated than I want. Uh-huh. And I kind of have to like assert my dominance a lot more often than I used to. Like, I used to be like, okay, this guy's a nobody. Like, it's okay. He could, like, have this round. I'll keep going 50, 60%. But now it's, like, it's, like, a fight against, like, my ego sometimes. Like, this guy is trying to, like, hurt me in sparring. I'm, like, okay. I have to hurt you now kind of thing. It kind of wakes me up. I always, like, fight myself a lot more often, probably at least once a week, you know, um, waking up, going my full, like, force, my full power, and, like, entering kind of, like, that flow state that only happens during competition. I think definitely, I think I'm getting more used to you know, not being afraid of myself. Cause sometimes it's really scary if you're a fighter, if like you enter like kind of like that intense competitive angry state, because you're sometimes more open, but also I feel like you're, I'm at my best when the emotions are high. I feel like usually as a fighter, try to keep things very cerebral. So definitely I'm trying to like, um, find the happy medium between those two um, states. When when Jorge Masvidal ran, um, uh, um, ran across the ring and threw that knee at Ben Asgren, and um, and I hear and I hear Shane O'Malley talk about wanting to make viral knockouts. Do, do, um, do you think he they really mean that? Do you think that they really is is there time to think like that in the gym? And then the second part is is when you see something like that that Jorge did to Askren, does that put all fighters on notice? Like, hey, better be careful right when the bell rings. Or or yeah. or what what happened between Aldo and um and Connor, right? Yeah. And that's the worst thing that can happen, right? I agree because like whenever you're knocked out on the first strike, everyone's like, oh, they're so much better than you. I'm like, it's almost like that's the easiest time to hurt somebody. Right. You never give them an opportunity to like to brace themselves or to like gauge how they're going to like, you know, roll and react to punches. Like it's the perfect win. Like because fighting's about deception and like nothing's more deceiving than giving you no chances to retaliate ever. 
And so I feel like, the, especially now that there's social media, like the era of the viral knockout or the viral knockout is the king. That's the best billboard you can get for your career. Yeah. Like, it definitely makes things make a lot of fighters more anxious you know, the first 15 seconds. As is, you know, before, the first 15 seconds is probably the time where you really ease into things. Um, what do you mean um, fighting is about deception? Um, Like, on paper, if two guys fight and one guy's better at, the you know, grappling, wrestling, striking, he's going to win. But, like, I'm a better liar. If I could trick you, I could make you think I'm doing something when I actually mean to do another thing. I'll st- like my chances, my odds are a lot better. And fighting, like if I tell you I'm throwing a jab right now, I'm probably not going to hit you very often. So I have to lie to you and lie. And like fighting's kind of like this big. It's like basically a game of tricks, a game of pranks with violent ends. And I feel like a lot of fighters like they don't faint. They show you exactly what they're going to do, and They'll still beat you if you're playing by the same rules of the game. But I feel like on the higher level, you have to lie to each other. Like this, you can't be straightforward and be at the top level of this sport. And I feel like you have to learn how to make people believe, like a magic trick. I make them look over here when really the trick's all over here. Yeah, Yuri's jab was fucking bizarre and potent, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He holds it by like his his cup, and he kind of waves it weird, and he comes up from like a an upward angle like everything was coming from like glover's chest upward and then everyone's like why is he throwing all these weird things like well that makes that keeps a fighter on notice like he definitely slowed down glover's pace even though it was still a high-paced fight like glover couldn't just do his usual slip overhand because you can't slip something that's coming at your throat so yeah yuri he's very good at deceiving people a lot of his tan a lot of his fundamentals are really wrong but when you lie enough you still can win <laughs> yeah it was um i'd never seen anything like it i mean I, I, you know you people say that I mean, I mean you have a very unique style too you're very it's you know the, the i mean you're in great company yuri dominic cruz um you, you know these these fighters it's like wow you, you've never seen anyone move like that tony ferguson yeah i feel like a lot of fighters like they they, all, they spend their entire careers emulating somebody else like, right. I love this fighter. I'm going to do exactly what he does. Then they're kind of a poor man's version of that fighter. Right. And for me, I think, especially because I also started like my first like eight years kind of doing most things on my own. Like I started striking my like boxing people at the park, no coaches. I started doing jujitsu by like learning off of YouTube and like Patreon and all those things. I kind of have been self-taught for the most part. Like my, my A game, no one taught me my A game. So I feel like, when I fight, everyone now people are kind of becoming savvy to like, okay, no, Jordan knows what he's doing. It just looks weird. And I don't think when I fight, you could tell, like, okay, like he has a goal. We're just not quite sure what his goals are. Um, what do you mean you used to fight in the park? Um, before, you know, when I was in high school and I was just wrestling, I couldn't focus on MMA. So I got me and some friends. We'd go to the park and we would box. Wow. And then other people at the park would like want to jump in and box. Like, I boxed a lot of random strangers, you know, which is really dangerous in hindsight. But I was just boxing people at the park, <laughs> like in the summer, in the winter, barefoot. And I feel like I really I miss that kind of stage of my my training life sometimes. I really, the, the absolute freedom and the complete you know volatile random nature of my training sessions. But yeah, I've. I would spar people of any weight class, 
in the park. No, so you'd be in the park just, just um, you know, sparring with friends, and randos would walk up and be like, "Hey, you want a piece of me?" And you'd be like, "Sure." And they'd throw on the gloves, and you'd get at it. Yeah. Dang. Like, hey, can I join, man? Like, oh, I box a little bit. Oh, I do this. Like, can we join? I'm like, yeah, sure. So, like, we had a nice little like rotation for several years where we always just go to the park some days and just beat the crap out of each other. And only time, only a few times. That's actually the first time I got knocked out. The only time I've been knocked down, really was that boxing with my friend like we were boxing in the basement that one time and i got like dropped bad and that's the only time i've been dropped was like fighting someone in a basement so i definitely had a little bit more rough roots than a lot of these fighters uh, that are coming up now when will you go to london will you will you go early yeah I'll pro- like i fight saturday i'll probably be like flying out there monday or tuesday just to make sure i'm acclimatized though i don't imagine it'll be hard because I'm going from Vegas, which would be like 120 in July, all the pollination, all my allergies. Oh. I'll be going sea level, 70 degrees. I'm I'm pretty happy. I think I'm gonna thrive in that climate. Um this oh, 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 I see, I see. It's UFC two seventy-seven. Is that what it is? No, I think it's a fight night. I think it's um, Aspinall versus somebody, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. I'm I'm looking. Oh, there you are. Wow. Hey, did you fight Claudio Silva? Claudio Silva? No. No. Did you Did you fight a Claudio? Yeah, Claudio Poyet. Okay. 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 And and um, it's funny whenever Patty fights, that girl fights. Yeah, Molly McCann, they're best friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same neighborhood. I, I'm actually kind of like not close, but like you know, cl- close acquaintances, like friends with Molly. Uh, you she are. Came yeah, she's came to Syndicate a few times. We've trained together, and I really like Molly. She's a fun time. You know. Um, she loves like the food in the bar scene at Las Vegas and she's trained here. And yeah, I like Molly. And so, yeah, I think this might be the first time she's not rooting for me during a fight. <laughs> is it the first time what she's, Oh, not rooting for you. Yeah. Um, look at the, look at this fight. Curtis blades, Tom, Tom, uh, Aspinall, Jack Hermanson, Darren Till, Mohammed Mokayev, Molly McCann. And I mean, this is a crazy card. Alexander Guftinson is coming back. Paul Craig, Vulcan. Yeah, this is a nutty card. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very stacked European card. Probably like the second, might be like the biggest fight night of the year. So yeah, pretty lucky believe- to be on it. Yeah. Um, can you tell me um, wh- how it goes down the, the moment you found out the fight was going to happen, Jordan, like, like you're taking a dump and your phone rings or, or, or what's going oh, on. Oh yeah. I was just leaving um, a private lesson and I was driving and my agent calls me Lance and he was like, um, I have a fight for you. He's like, but it's not in Salt Lake city. It's not August. And I'm like, I'm not interested. And he's like, no, let me, let me get it. Let me finish. He's like, why did he I say that? You- did he know you wanted an August fight? In Vegas. Yeah, okay. Because I had just fought, like, I got the news when I fought less than a month prior. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, August will be cool. And then he's like, well, not August. It's in July. I'm like, 
oh, I'm not really interested. He's like, and I know you don't like to travel, but it's in London. I'm like, still not interested. He's like, no, let me get to the good part. And he's like, but you're fighting. And I was like, I'm fighting Patty Pimplet. And he's like, yes. And I was oh, like, you just guessed that as a joke when he said London. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like, cause like he was being very insistent, like Jordan, no what you want to hear the rest of this. And I was like, no, dude, I don't, I don't like to fly. I've never left the country and I want to fight in August. And then as he was pushing it, like a light bulb moment. And I was like, Oh, Patty Pimlet. He's like, yeah. How do you feel about it? And I'm like, well, I kind of promised a family vacation, but I'll talk to my wife. But first I said, no, I like, no, I promise this, you know, like I've been promising my wife a vacation for the better part of a year. And so then I called my wife and she's like, what are you doing? Like, no, this is important. You could drop out for a patty fight. And I was like, okay, awesome. So then um, I call so Lance she back. knows the fight game. She knew who he was. Yeah, we think we think Patty's hilarious. All the oddballs, my wife remembers them yeah. and stuff. Like, no, like we could ditch the family vacation. We'll go afterwards, you know, go to London. So then I told Lance, like probably 15 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I'll fight. But I'm going to need a lot of help. And I'm terrified of flying the passport, all yada, yada. But yeah, at first I was not very interested in it. But then as like, I was talking to my wife, she's like, I'm like, you're right. I probably should just take this fight because it's a very big opportunity. And it's definitely the best fight you can get the lowest ranked opponent. So it is. It, it, I mean, it, it, when I think of that weight class and the two biggest prospects, I mean, it's you too. Thank he you. must be, he must be ecstatic too. Uh, but I would think he would be fucking scared. I would think he would be so fucking nervous because you're so fucking unorthodox. Yeah, I think it's weird. Um, I don't watch my opponent's interviews and stuff beforehand. Like, that's not like my thing. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I used to do that. I think I've got in my head a lot. But I was watching a video. Like, people always have, like send me videos. And they're like, he hasn't even mentioned you until like last week. Like, all my media attention, I'm focusing on him. And then when he's on, like, when he gets an interview, he's talking about his weight. He's talking about everything else except for me. And, oh, he knows who you are. Let me tell you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, he's trying, he's trying to act like I'm, I'm beneath him and all these things. So I think we've both kind of been trying to kind of ignore each other. Right. You know, and right. he finally said he's going to, he, if he knocks me out, he's, when he knocks me out, he's going to teabag me. And I'm like, okay. We're building this fight, <laughs> we're building this fight in a very strange way, you know. Like I'm, I'm a twerk on him. He's a teabag me. I'm like, this is a <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You're 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 so special in the ring. You're so precise. You are so dangerous. Um, it's your commitment to martial arts and the way you move and. Uh, I, every, every, all the fight, all fight fans, um, know who you are, and yeah, it's it's um he 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 is careless and reckless in the beginning of his fights. He's very yeah. he's very reckless. Um, I, I feel like both him and Ian Gary. I saw basically when when Ian Gary fought Darian Weeks, uh, that last fight, man, fucking Darian hit him a couple times because Ian was just being stupid. And I do, and I do feel like Patty does some really stupid shit in the first 30 seconds of a fight. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a gambling fighter. Yeah. Like Patty's wins aren't very clean for the most right. part. Right. And I, 
And whenever I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if that's more or less impressive that he makes so many mistakes and still pulls it out. Right. Or I think, but I think a lot of fighters get flustered by the hype. And I feel like a lot of fighters are too busy focusing on everything else. So for me, when I watch the fight with no com on mute, no commentary, no crazy fans, ah, it's like nothing. It. It's nothing special. So when I just think about the fist fight part, I'm like, okay, there's so many holes to take advantage of. But then every all these fighters are like, okay, what if the crowd doesn't like me? What if he's so popular? Like, doesn't doesn't his career just feel different? Don't you get that vibe that it's meant to? He's meant to be something big, and I'm like, no, like yeah. none of that stuff matters. Like fighters are making this like some kind of weird pseudo spiritual. Like, oh, I'm not meant to win. Or do like, they, they think it's a movie. movie? This isn't a fucking movie. Yeah, bad. Like it doesn't like the, it's a fight. It could end almost any way possible and you're yeah. focusing on like oh but the the story i'm the one that's supposed to lose and i thought about that I'm like oh yeah narrative wise they would rather have me lose but like i was supposed to be claudio Puez, and i lost to him and you know patty's supposed to beat me and he's gonna lose to me because is that is that what the odds are they say he, he's supposed to win he was a minus 400 favorite when they announced the fight and is that 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 means he's supposed to win when you're the minus? I don't know gambling. Yeah, it means if you bet a hundred, if you you'd have to bet four hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars. Oh, for him to I'm, beat me. Maybe so I'll I'm bet, a I've player. never bet on a fight. Maybe I'll bet on you this fight. Oh, I appreciate that. It'd be very flattering. But do you yeah, gamble? Think, no, no. Oh, yeah, me neither. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm too human. I definitely know I don't think like a computer. Especially because I know all these fighters, I'm very emotional when I watch fights. I am not going to put my money with my feelings. Like it's not worth it. I like to just enjoy. I have so much anxiety watching fights as it is. I'm not going to add to the anxiety. If 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 when you go train today, those four workouts will it be four different um, coaches or the same coach. Eh, there will be different coaches, all different coaches. And if one of them doesn't show up, what do you do? I have like a fail safe of trading partners that I can train with anytime, like a after two o'clock. And uh -huh. they're willing to like jump in and like really help me out and drill. And I think that's one good thing about like building all these friendships in the yeah. sport. Yeah. And like I'm very like open with my time. Like whenever I have training partners, even amateurs who are like my friends, like they need me for a workout, I'm there. And I feel like, you know, you give more. Yeah. I feel like, if, you know, you gain everything right like that. I feel like I'm very giving to a lot of like my training partners. They're always willing to like help me out. But if I miss one workout, we'll still be good. Miss two workouts, still be good. Three might be a little bad, but yeah, I have some good. I have some good friends that are always willing to help me get some good work in. My favorite part of the story so far is that your wife is so supportive. I do like that your training partners are supportive. I'm just really fixated on the plan B thing this morning. It's so cool that your wife said that to you. Were you stoked? Were you like, God, I married the right person? Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm always like having like, in like a, a mantle of like thankfulness when I'm talking to my wife and I think about like who, who else I could have married and how all these other fighters have like partners where it's like, their their relationship is opposed to like their fight goals and their fight career. 
And I had a wife that when we got married, she was literally like, okay, I'll work, pay the bills because you need to train full time. If you yeah, can get private yeah. lesson, that's good. But like, this is your dream. And like, she was willing to sacrifice and take care of me. And she had no like timeline. We're so okay. And that at this point, you'll be in the UFC and you'll be taking care of me. She was just doing it open ended. And she supports me. And I always try to like put everything else first. And she's always going to put me first. And I'm just very blessed that I have a partner the rest of my life that kind of supports me no matter what. And I think when you have two people that are very giving, it's they usually end up marrying someone who takes a lot. I definitely didn't marry someone who takes a lot. I feel like me and my wife are constantly trying to one-up each other. And yeah, I'm very blessed. Yeah, congratulations. Your your fight is on July 23rd. It, it looks like the main event starts at 11 a.m., which means those of us in California, if we want to see you fight, I bet you we're going to have to get going like probably like at eight or nine. And then... And then you fight. And then what happens after after you win? Do you stay? Will your wife be there in London with you? No. You have a kid. She has a baby to take care of. Yeah, baby to take care of. And yeah, it's just too much hassle. I agree. And I agree. Too I, much, I agree. I, yeah, I wish she could come. If it was in the States, we'd fly. But yeah. And she also wants to. I, I even offered. I'm like, okay, like we could fly you out, you know about like two grand but like we could do it and she's like no because she's like when you're in london you need to be focused on the fight yeah yeah she's smart like, woman man worrying about me and i'm like okay you're right and then and then when will you come home they they fly you back like 16 hours after you fight so i'll, be, I'll okay. be back home sunday night all right bitchin i'm gonna start bugging you right away <laughs> i want to I hear all about it so excited for you dude it's how fucking cool well patty uh patty well jordan i'm so excited about your fight with patty i'm so excited every time you fight um and uh thanks for coming on i know it's seven you're in los angeles right basically oh las vegas but yeah same time oh yeah that's right that's right shoot sorry not myself this morning um anyway thanks for coming on and uh and i will be in touch and you're always one of my favorite guests thanks for coming on brother Thank you, man. I'd love to be here. I'll see you next time. All right. See ya. Yeah. <sighs> what a good dude. Get him. I know. I agree. Get him. I could talk to him for another fucking hour. I'm starting to feel bad because I feel like he should go train. He has his training shirt on. I am not myself. Man, I was fucking wound up and pissed off this morning. Whew. Ooh, that's about as wound up as I can get. Tonight, I, I tonight I have a show scheduled too. Sorry, sorry that th this show wasn't. This show has been scheduled for a while, uh, for a few weeks. For some reason, it wasn't. It didn't get scheduled on YouTube. That's why you guys didn't know. And I really apologize, Jody. You are you are such a fucking loyal listener, and that's fucking crazy that we didn't have it scheduled. And um, I will I'm going to I used to do all the scheduling, and I need to get back to uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, that's 
That's just a huge fuck up on my part. Tonight we have a uh, Paul from um, uh, who's going to talk to us. He, he's uh, been on TRT for a couple of weeks. He's the guy who spent 80 days in coma. He's missed his last three interviews. I'm not sure what's going on. Hopefully he won't miss tonight. Then tomorrow we have Hunter McIntyre. Then on the 15th, we have these two twins, Calvin and Angelo. And they're twins who both lost over 100 pounds. I'm pumped to have them on. And then on the 16th, we have Alex Stein back on. And Alex, um, his career is just exploding. He got the contract with Blaze TV. But he's also started um, the TRT program. I'm excited to hear about him. And then on the 17th, we'll have another live call-in show. Uh, what's up, Seven? What is the burr under your saddle? I just didn't like the fact that I woke up this morning and that I had forgotten to schedule this show. I'm just so fucking angry at myself that that happened. I just don't fuck up like that. And that just means I I I was dependent on I I wasn't I I, I needed to uh, I just fucked up and I'm fucking pissed. So basically, what it is is I use this software called Streamyard, and I schedule all of the and then and then and then Matt keeps a calendar for me for us for the podcast. So there's like five or six of us who are on the calendar, and when he schedules something, then it's supposed to go to Streamyard. And it didn't get scheduled in StreamYard. So when I woke up this morning and I went into a panic and I didn't even get to use a picture of Jordan, Jordan uh, Levette on the, for the placeholder. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm acting more annoyed than I really am just because it makes for good content. But I'm, but I am, I, like I, I felt it in my back. You know what I mean? Like I got a little tingle in my back. I don't know if you guys, if, if that makes sense to you guys, but like my back is usually is like anytime I get pissed, like, and, and I, you know, you guys, I'm always bitching about my back, but I start to feel back pain whenever I get pissed. I must be holding something back there, holding your mom back there. I mean, maybe I'm just not myself either. I'm definitely sick as a dog. I've been sick for like a month. I think someone says, cause I don't eat enough sugar. I wonder what the longest I've ever been quiet on this show is. I'm 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 going over to my uh, live calling show to see if I have any notes here. Yeah, I was thinking yesterday. I was like, when you when you don't have a plan B, all the motivational stuff becomes nonsense. Like I don't need any motivation because I because I don't um because I because I don't have a plan B. I don't need it's all it's all silly nonsense to me. I was just realizing. And when you don't have when you don't have a plan B, it's like the other people in your life who do have a plan B, they just become like actors. They just they're not it's like almost like they're not even real. I I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to uh it, it's the greatest place to be. It's scary. I'm sure a lot of people people don't live their life like that cuz it's scary. But but it's kind of like Forrest Gump how i imagine forrest gump i've always described myself sort of like his gump forrest gump just put my head down and run off in a direction i haven't i I don't know the daily stoic but i know if it's the guy i'm thinking of there is a guy on instagram that is just a complete tool he's the stoic guy he is a complete tool and a charlatan of the highest order uh, ryan hall or i don't know his name 
but he, but everyone talks about him Stoke. He is a complete charlatan. He is a complete. He's a disgrace to humanity. He's a vile human. He has this platform that, ta- that that talks about stoicism, and he himself is a man who argues his own weaknesses and those around him. He is a bad person. Yeah, like Jody says, he doesn't like the Daily Stoke. Is that the guy? Yeah, he is a shit bird. And I've explained it before, and I had shoot. And I've explained and I've explained it before. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A holiday guy. Yep. Is that his name, Ryan Holiday or Mark Holiday? Yeah, I think he wrote. I think that guy wrote the book. Someone would have to pull it up. But when I had that guy on, um, the 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 yoga teacher guy who I saw in Rogan, and I had him on, I I I I tried to push him into the into the deep end. Not not push, lead him into the deep end. And when someone doesn't want to go into the deep end, that's fine. But in the deep end of the pool. There's stillness. And from stillness, there's only one other, there's only one thing that can happen, and that's movement. And that movement is reaction to something. So when you're in stillness, And in consciousness and in awareness, whatever it is that you're reacting to, you should be able to point at. So imagine someone getting a tattoo. You should probably know the three or four thoughts that built up to you getting a tattoo to see the fucking deep origins of what caused you to react like a fly that just flies from one pile of shit to another to do that. And so on, on the level of the vaccine, in the, in the deepest sense, in the deepest uh, meditative sense, you would have to know why you got the vaccine. What, what, what thought were you running from or reacting to that got you to get up and make an appointment to go get an injection? And most people can't tell you that. 99% of people have no idea even what I'm talking about right now. But it requires, it, you, all you have to do is be still. It's the only willpower we have. That's why when that's another thing. Anyone, someone starts talking about willpower and we have will and they start fucking quoting Bible shit or God shit. It's like, I, I want to see your will. Lie down. I want to see you stay perfectly still for five minutes and not react to anything. And then they scratch their forehead. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, I had an itch. I mean, they don't even realize that they reacted to something. They couldn't even stay still. They can't even, they don't even have this much willpower. They live under the illusion that they have willpower. That's how quick the brain justifies all your actions. Like you had the willpower to do it. Like you're controlling your narrative. Go fuck yourself. You're not controlling your narrative. You're, you're a liar to yourself. Anyway, that's the Daily Stoke guys like that. He can't tell you. He can't tell you. Um, uh, he can't tell you what his thoughts are that drive his actions. He doesn't even have that tiny bit of self-awareness. And I get it. Most people can't. And it's fine. It's, 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 it's a lot of work. It's a big process. It requires becoming conscious. It requires watching the mind. It requires staying still. It requires putting your willpower upon yourself. Imposing your willpower upon yourself. But then to, to justify his behaviors or his actions during the pandemic, it's, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense and horseshit. It's lying is what it is. 
And it's the opposite of what stoicism is. And it's the opposite of what mindfulness is. There's no one who's mindful who got the injection. I know that's fucking going to be like completely hard to believe. There's no one who's 100% mindful who got the injection. It doesn't work. Unless they were just sitting there under a tree and someone just gave it, walked up and gave it to them. And that was their karma. I can't rule that out. But someone had a fear-based thought or some sort of thought that they reacted to and no thought is real. And that's how everything works. That's why you put food in your mouth. That, 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 I just explained to you the whole mechanism of how life moves forward. No plan B. God, I'm kind of stoked I have no plan B. There, it's a, there's like a blind stupidity to it. Just mo- like, like, you almost have to be dumb. It's kind of like this benign dumbness I have. And then you don't need any motivation. And, 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 and I can't, you can't be stopped when you don't have a plan B. I mean, you could run out of energy. It's like the wind. It has no plan B. It's just going that direction. And then when it's done, it's done. When I used to play Frisbee, I used to play Frisbee a lot four or five, six hours a day. No shit. And I was homeless. And I did that for years. Go to the park and play Frisbee with people. And no matter what, if you threw the Frisbee, I would try to catch it. Even if there was 100% sure I could never get it, I would still run after it. And sometimes you catch those. And that's what would make the crazy catches. I'm looking at my notes. Man, I'm so excited to do a live call-in show. I have so many fun notes, funny stuff. Do or do not do, Jeff Birchfield. Okay, guys. Uh, well, thanks for letting me go on my little tirade today. Um, thanks for joining us with Jordan. Make sure you guys check out that fight that he's on. It's actually, I was going to say it's free. It's not free. You have to have cable, but it will be on ESPN. It's not a pay-per-view. It's July 23rd. It's in the morning. It is really going to be a, a crazy hyped fight. And it's if, if you're a, a fight fan, it's an incredible card. Darren Till's fighting on the card. Um, that's all I got. Uh, if for some reason tonight's show does not work out, I will uh, bug Susan and see if he wants to do a uh, live call-in show. All right, I'm off to play some tennis with the boys. Love you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>